Hello. Welcome to another edition of The Doctor Is In. It has been a while, hasn't it? Well, I, um, I'm getting a hang of a new schedule. And so as I've talked about before, I've lost one job, I gained another job, it's regular, and I love it, and things are going well. And it's, if I think about how uh, 2022 started and how it's ending, it's, it's, it's actually, it's mind bending, but I thank you for, uh, I thank you for listening. I thank you for tuning in and for keeping listening. I think Relentless is going in a good direction right now, and I'm going to be happy with the pace of, of progress of the things I'd like to accomplish. It's going to be naturally a lot slower, but I, it's going to be good quality and perhaps a little bit different uh, direction than what I've gone before, but I'm still going to be doing the basic things of speaking. I recently was in Evansville. I'm talking with other people about future speaking engagements. I'm also connecting with local organizations as well as others. So there's things in the mix. Stay tuned. But today I'm going to riff a bit about trafficking and totalitarianism. So a couple weeks ago, I participated in the filming of a documentary about transgender ideology that is rapidly overtaking the minds of our younger people. And uh, it turns out that it's a little bit hard to find doctors who, one, have experience, two, can speak with authority about the topic, and finally are willing to show their face and use their names to speak out against it. So they asked me, so are you afraid? I'm like, no, I'm not afraid. This is too important. And uh, it, it's, we have to stop this. But that's not what I'm going to talk about today. But it, I was thinking about how it was so fun. They turned on the cameras, the producer asked questions, and I just riffed for about three hours. We covered transgender, transhumanism, human trafficking, pornography, Marxist ideology. Uh, it was a It was a blast. And so they're probably only going to use about 10 minutes of those hours. I'm not sure what will make the final cut, but it was a lot of interesting material discussed. And I wish, you know, I could have a copy of what I said, because I think what I said, well, at least a lot of it was was pretty good. But we'll see. I'll let you know it should be out the end of January. And so that's the goal. I'll let you know. Keep you posted. So stay tuned. So it was just the opportunity to riff. Uh, with some thoughts bouncing around in my head. And so I've had some other thoughts about um, the connections between what I'm seeing on the global stage, apart from human trafficking, but how it ties together the transgender activist movement, human trafficking and other global issues and deeper trends and threads running through it all. It's, It's really connected. And I've been, I'm not sure if I'm seeing things differently now. I think it's just taking a step back uh, from my sabbatical last year and, and through the transition of this year is that I'm, I'm just starting to see things a little bit differently. Um, because there's some serious, not some, there are a lot of serious problems facing millions of people every day and every individual. And human trafficking, modern slavery, you know, these crimes are so egregious. It's difficult to fathom the depth of evil. It's hard to know where to start. There's so much that needs to be done about it. But 
you know, there's human trafficking, there's pandemic, there's armed conflict, climate change, increases in poverty, unsafe migration, all these kinds of things. And, but as we, as we, as I'm seeing these trends, of course, then there's human trafficking. And then I'm noticing that, wow, this is the, this movement of the anti-human trafficking movement is being captured by wokeism. You know, if you think about it, it really is the perfect issue for the world's woke social justice warriors to take on. Um, and now I've been seeing a trend that they're co-opting it for the promotion of their ideology, which is not necessarily in line with setting people free. We see this racism, the infusion of gender studies and queer theory. Uh, you can see a previous podcast I did on that particular topic last year. There's also anti-racist language that must be used, which is not the same as being against racism, because you have to understand that the woke mean a different thing with the term racism and have different objectives when it comes to stopping racism. For example, I recently gave a talk in which I was asked to not use human trafficking and slavery interchangeably because this would be offensive to people of color. When I challenged this, saying that while there is an active discussion about the use of these terms globally, there is generally no problem in using these terms together or interchangeably. The reply was that this is specific to North America and that according to the National Survivor Network, this is unacceptable. But you should know that the survivors I know do not agree with the sentiment. So I'm not going to go, I have so many different places to go today, but the commitment really about wokeism is to an unquestionable, unfalsifiable ideology with a goal of correct, in scare quotes, outcomes over truth and empiric knowledge. And it's starting to take hold in many sectors, including anti-human trafficking. And so you'll, you'll start to see this language once you begin to decode it. And it's diversity, equity, inclusion. It's deceptive like a Trojan horse, because no one wants to be for racism or against equality. No one wants to be accused of standing in the way of human rights. But what I'm starting to see is that actual human rights is not exactly the goal. And I'm no longer convinced that the big players, the national governments, the unaccountable, multinational, non-governmental organizations, such as the various UN agencies, UNODC, UNICEF, UNGIFT, UN, blah, 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 or the ginormous, or WHO, or the ginormous multi-trillion dollar global corporations, or billion dollar foundations, such as Rockefeller or Gates, really care about human trafficking at all. Uh, I'm not seeing a difference, that they are making a difference in human trafficking. So there's, so I'm seeing this trend and I'm seeing it because really slavery and human trafficking is a crime often without a clear identified villain, a perpetrator, a root cause. Slavery to the general public is often a nameless, personless, bodiless evil. When defined as such, it is difficult to develop and implement specific and effective interventions. What then rises are broad and ill-defined policies that can sweep in more control with less accountability. And what I'm predicting here is that the cause of human trafficking and modern slavery will be co-opted for the purpose of enslaving everyone to the Great Reset. Okay, yeah, I said it, 
put on, you know, let me give you some uh, aluminum foil for your tin foil hat. But I've noticed that modern slavery is claimed to be overwhelmingly concentrated in the informal economy, and that will be weaponized. What I'm predicting is that the cause of human trafficking, modern slavery, will be co-opted for the purposes of enslaving everyone to the Great Reset. Yeah, I said it. I'm wearing a tinfoil hat. Uh, but I've noticed that modern slavery is claimed to be overwhelmingly concentrated in the informal economy. And so this could be weaponized to start taking over and to start destroying uh, some of these, some you know, our regular economy. So the aforementioned big players, as I said, don't really care about human trafficking. It's like they don't really care about the climate either. Uh, you can see my previous podcast on the link between human trafficking and climate change. There's too much profit, too much power. These billionaires are fueled by greed and empowered by Malthusian influence power brokers. And there's never any decrease in human trafficking, only increase in slavery. We never hear of trafficking going down ever. Um, I'm not to say, you know, that it's not, it's a big problem, but the, you know, the interventions that are proposed to save or whatever, be it humanity, climate, racial justice, reduced human trafficking are actually things that will destroy it. When was the last time any grand scheme of government, UN, or other multinational entity actually solved the problem they were aiming to fix? Uh, let's examine the Millennium Development Goals. Okay, those are over. Maybe you never heard of them. But now we're on to the Sustainable Development Goals. Well, that sounds good. What are the Sustainable de Development Goals and what's what could be the problem with that? It sounds great. The SDGs are a set of 17 goals with the capital T Agenda, capital A, which is a plan of action for people, planet, and prosperity. The agenda seeks to strengthen universal peace and larger freedom. The goals sound wonderful. They're also impossible. And to achieve them by 2030, the world needs to take bold and transformative steps to shift the world onto a sustainable and resilient path. All this sounds good, but the pathway basically sounds like you will own nothing and be happy. Um, and as I said, this is going to be used to continue to erode free market economic structures because um, that's where the human trafficking is flourishing. The problem with the sustainable development goals is that there's nothing sustainable about an agenda that has no mention of family in it. Of course, there's a lot about women, girls, sometimes children, but there's no family. And I'm going to talk about this when I, towards the end of my thoughts here, I'm going to get down to some of the solutions. But um, there's really, there's really nothing sustainable about them. And whatever these so-called technocratic solutions are being proposed for whatever cause, they sound great, of course. They sound modern, technical, cutting-edge, global. They cost a lot of money. There are papers and webinars that talk about recommendations and policies in the future. And we need to do more. And it's not enough. We're not stopping slavery. It's on the increase. And you know, But the problem is, is that because it's so ne they have nebulous goals about a nebulous problem and that there's sort of nebulous results also. And most of these policies, these recommendations, they have no teeth. They aren't implemented very well and ultimately don't serve humanity. They only serve to build the coffers of those that propose and implement them. These solutions don't address 
the grassroots, the granular issues at the community level that will create real change. They change the shape of community so that they can be controlled. But I don't want to live in a sterile, brave new world where everyone is the same. You know, these solutions are not intended to do what they say to do. So, you know, they say, you know, we want to look at slavery. But let's, let's take an example. So in Thailand, look at all the prostitution, the sex trafficking, and all the other forms of exploitation that occur in just one red light district of Bangkok. Prostitution is technically illegal. That is not legal in Thailand. Uh, but you'd never know it uh, because that's how where people go. And 14% of the GDP is from the entertainment uh, sector. The police uh, patrol the Nana entertainment zone in order to make it safe for the visitors, especially the tourists. Meanwhile, on the very same block, the police will arrest women from Africa walking the street if they have condoms on their person as evidence that they are breaking the law prostituting. They are thrown into jail, not bothering to investigate whether they're being pimped, trafficked, you know, which 99% of the time they are. So you can't say you're against trafficking and then have active prostitution that's not technically legal. Uh, same in Germany. Uh, there's, by the way, we talk about Germany. There's another podcast that I did a year or so ago about prostitution in Germany. That was, um, if you want an eye-opening, we can talk about it there. But back back, back to this theme is that the, the powers, you know, the unelected billionaires that run the world will promote regulation on industries and design these regulations in a way that allows them a back door to skirt them whilst all the other companies are hampered from prospering because they have to keep abiding by the growing mountain of regulations. Uh, an example of this could be the EU, uh, European Union, proposal to ban goods made with slave labor. Oh, that sounds great. Uh, quote, the proposed ban is product-based and therefore applicable to all companies manufacturing, selling, and importing forced labor goods within and into the EU internal market. Uh, still quoting, while where there are well-founded suspicions that forced labor has been used, authorities could investigate, request information from companies, and carry out checks and inspections. If forced labor is discovered, products would be withdrawn from the market and disposed of. This would not be limited to EU countries. So there's a lot in this. I'm not an expert in all this, but I see at least one problem here. Uh, this actually might increase the awareness of slavery and supply chains, and it might improve detection of forced labor and exploitation. And this sounds like it's a functional proposal, but I have my doubts. I'm not an expert in any kind of this business, but just, you know, the statement caused me not to celebrate uh, just yet. That is, the regulations will not be limited to EU countries. And so that will be a challenge because there are no or limited human rights or due diligence laws in the developing world. Few companies beyond those publicly listed will have any mechanisms to address this. Many suppliers are small. That doesn't mean that they are carrying out business in an unethical manner, but it means that they likely lack resources to meet EU standards. And so are Western and other upstream retailers really going to go through this process with them? I doubt that. 
And so it could potentially leave a bunch of mom and pop shops, which stabilize local communities and economy in the dust, potentially creating more vulnerability in the long run. And so this, this for now is just a proposal and there's not much teeth, but there, but the corporations will get to check the box about doing something against human trafficking whilst finding ways of workarounds. At least the large corporations will anyway. The small ones will be burdened with regulations. Oh, by the way, I will post all these links I'm mentioning in the show notes. And so, uh, you, you know, these are a couple of examples of not putting money where your mouth is or, or making things too bland and too broad to have any teeth. You know, I do think that really nearly all people working in the anti-human trafficking sector have good hearts and minds and truly do want to make a difference. However, I, I, I also think that there's a lot of people who don't quite see the big picture or have been co-opted. They don't see the trends in the movement. Some are captured by the ideology, but I think most people are just ignorant of the roots and go along with proposals because one, that's where the money is. Two, it all sounds really good. Three, metrics are super hard in this sector anyway. And four, incredibly difficult to measure true prevention. But if slavery and trafficking keeps increasing, is there anything that can really truly be done about it? I mean, come on, Catherine, you've been doing this for 20 years. You devoted, you know, your chunk of career into doing something against it and, and working against it. And if, if trafficking just keeps getting worse, we, we see that the powers that run our government are also the powers running the trafficking rings or breaking the rules uh, to facilitate it. Uh, some fatalists might say that human trafficking and slavery is just entropy. The world is going to hell in a handbasket and and we can do some things to help some people, that, but the world is just descending into chaos. Well, I'm not fatalistic, and it may be chaotic, but, you know, I'd rather, uh, you know, burn up um, working for justice than, than giving up. You know, human trafficking and modern slavery are global issues that makes your head spin, makes my head spin, just thinking about it. So naturally, as, as individuals, we feel too small and disempowered to do anything about it. And we want to leave it to the so-called experts. But that is so far from the truth. What can happen when a few individuals take on something at scale? Human trafficking ultimately impacts individuals and is individuals who make the most impact. Albeit on a small scale, but it really matters. And it is so important to keep the human face of trafficking alive in our hearts and, and in our eyes. Because slavery is ultimately dehumanizing. Human traffickers take advantage of people who've lost their way, their identity, their roots and foundations. Survivors of sex trafficking describe their life prior to being trafficked as involving a series of grooming relationships, preparing for the time when a trafficker will eventually pluck them up and put them in their quiver. It's a series of, of, of abuse, the erosion of their identity and family or community and and it leads to these vulnerabilities. There's a lot of deception going on. People taking advantage of people. You know, I've said before, it's not, it's not climate change that's trafficking people. It's not the pandemic, the pandemic that's trafficking people. It's people taking advantage of these circumstances to traffic other people. I'm not saying that the experiences of everyday life of the average 
global citizen could be compared to the survivor of human trafficking, but there are similar principles at play on a much broader scale. And so we're all being dehumanized little by little. We are being reduced to avatars, marketing, research, data points, clicks and likes. We are deplatformed, ratioed, shadow banned, demonetized, commoditized, and algorithmically trained by machine learned bots. Perhaps the global message uh, that we're being told is that the world can abolish slavery if we are all glad, gradually complicit in becoming slaves ourselves. Maybe this is what C.S. Lewis envisioned, you know, what he was alluding to in his book, Screwtape Letters, when Screwtape was, wants to cut the tops of all the achieving heads of grain to make everyone equal. That's equity, outcomes. That's the difference between equality and equity. Everyone has the same outcomes, not the same rights. In fact, no one has rights in this system. We all lose. You know, the Davos billionaires will control humanity in the name of stopping slavery. Uh, perhaps, maybe, this is the agenda of the SDGs. You know, we, we're hungry for regulation. Please tell us what to do, how to stop this. Matthias Desmet discussed discusses the development of regulation mania in our modern era in order to help our disconnected and fragmented society deal with our desire for control, and it manifests in more and more government bureaucracy. Hannah Arendt has said this in her book, Origins of Totalitarianism. What prepares men for totalitarian domination is in the non-totalitarian world is the fact that loneliness once a borderline experience, usually suffered in certain marginal social conditions like old age, has become an everyday experience of the ever-growing masses of our century. She also says, Nevertheless, organized loneliness is considerably more dangerous than the unorganized impotence of all those who are ruled by the tyrannical and arbitrary will of a single man. Also Hannah Arendt in Origins of Totalitarianism. You know, Desmet's book, this is Psychology of Totalitarianism, provides some 21st century applications of what Hannah Arendt and other 20th century thinkers and philosophers have described regarding totalitarianism. And I highly recommend this book. It, it sounds depressing, but, but at the end, it really does give hope as well. And that's what I want to impart to you too, as well. I know that much more can be done and those that have the power to do something about it usually only play lip service to the movement. You know, those are the billionaires. They don't really care. But the, but the burden of action is borne by us, and it's borne by the smaller organizations who do see the problem and do see solutions and are working very, very hard to help traffic people and, and implement change to prevent it from happening in the first place. And this is what I see around the world, that small organizations connected through networks for learning, development, resources, and encouragement are making the most difference by far. Sure, small organizations can impact policies and the development of laws, but it usually starts small and goes up, rarely the other way around. I'd love it if those billionaires would fund a billion other grassroots organizations to live and serve and lift up the vulnerable and hurting. Because that, my friends, is how I believe we stop slavery. And this is how real change gets done from a grassroots bottom-up approach. What if we could multiply all those interventions? You know, it's almost as if 
communities of like-minded people could gather together to implement change at a local or even regional level. Perhaps you know something like this existing where you are? Uh, We've lost the plot and forsaken our responsibilities to care for our families, neighbors, and communities. I think we can get we, we need to get back to it. Like I said, the sustainable development goals are not sustainable because there's no mention of family. But this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where real change happens. Relearn and develop and refine your sense of what really matters. Stop chasing things that don't matter. Quit participating in the rat race, whatever form that takes. Pray and ground yourself, then look around and see where God is moving in your circle of influence. Act with humility love, and grace. Be generous with your time, your smiles, as well as your money. So I'm going to end with a, with a challenge from Hannah Arendt. And she says, you know, the sad truth of the matter is that most evil is done by people who never made up their minds to be evil. Or, uh, sorry, the sad truth of the matter is that most evil is done by people who never made up their minds to be or do either evil or good. So my friends, um, I leave you with love. (laughs) I leave you with all of my grace and I wish you a very good day. Take care. Thanks for listening. And uh, if you like this, please share, uh, subscribe. Uh, But most of all, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your questions. I want to hear your comments. I want to hear how I can take this further. Can I explain things better? Um, am I going off the rails? Uh, where, what do you want to learn? What do you want to hear about? I'll, I'll go anywhere. Um, I want to, I want to talk about the things that no one else is talking about in this, in this sector. So thanks all. Have a great day. Talk to you later.